In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For several centuries in the church, the figure of Noah was always a sort of hinge into the Lenten season. Up until the time of the liturgical reform of the 1970s, the text of the Mass for the Sunday immediately before uh, Lent was uh, highlighting the dialogue between God and Noah, where God promises, now I will bring an end to all flesh, which I find to be a sort of liturgical joke because people were about to abstain from meat for 40 days. Now, on the lectionary for today, the first Sunday of Lent, we have a remnant of that practice by hearing about the aftermath of the story of the flood, and without actually hearing the passage that preceded it. So we all know the story of Noah, though. It's one of those stories we heard about a lot when we were children. Uh, there used to be an image of Noah and all the animals hanging over my crib when I was a baby. So the sacred author of Genesis tells us that before the time of Noah, human beings were living in a godless manner, totally dependent on the self, exalting human work and human ingenuity. Uh, but Genesis characterized Noah as a righteous man to juxtapose him with his contemporaries. Noah is righteous because while everyone else around him was forsaking virtue to chase after their own pleasures, Noah was only concerned with pleasing God. And so at the end of it all, God made a way to spare Noah and his family from the suffering which the whole rest of creation was meant to endure. Now, our Lord says as much in St. Matthew's Gospel when he says, In those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage up to the day that Noah entered the ark. They did not know until the flood came and carried them all away. Now, the point here isn't to condemn eating or drinking or marriage as something that's sinful. The point is that for the unrighteous who never think of God, they are so used to their normal routine and they live their normal routine without trouble. And since they're comfortable and therefore never notice how far off from the mark they really are, in their eyes, Noah appears to be crazy. He's an overly pious religious zealot. People classify Noah as extreme or hardcore. He's just too much. He's not normal. And so they went on living their comfortable lives, not aware that they themselves were the ones that really needed to change, never aware that it was, in fact, Noah who was the righteous man. Now, there's a dangerous tendency in Christianity sometimes to think that we live in a time that has become so immoral and so far beyond a Christian society that we can sort of romanticize periods of time when Christianity must have been stronger and it must have been so much easier to be a Christian. Well, the truth is that following the will of God in your life, living the way God intends you to live, has never been easy. It's never been popular. It's never been something that the majority of people did. Most Catholics, when they think of people attending daily Mass, for instance, imagine that this must be just something that the church offers for retirees who need something to do during the day, or for hardcore Christians who are spiritual overachievers. After all, we're only required to come to Mass on Sunday. And so most people think in their minds that if they come to Mass on Sunday and they can check off that one hour of the week that they tacitly give to God, that they have now fulfilled the entire mandate that our Lord has given us, and then they never give an ounce of thought to anything else they do the rest of the week. Now, don't misunderstand me. I don't want you to think that I'm implying that the majority of Catholics think that their Sunday Mass attendance makes up for all the sinful things they do in the rest of the week. People don't really think that way. No, in my experience, the majority of Catholics think they are good Catholics precisely because they come to Mass for an hour every week, and then they don't give an ounce of thought to what they do for the 167 other hours of the week because they're already good Catholics, at least in their mind. 
And so many of us have become so comfortable with our routines that we've convinced ourselves that if we follow that routine, then we're doing what we need to do as Catholics, even though that routine is probably unchanged since we ourselves were children coming to Mass with our parents. So I'll give an example. Ash Wednesday. It's one of those really strange days in the church's calendar. After Easter Sunday, Ash Wednesday is the most well-attended Mass of the year. Everyone comes to Mass on Ash Wednesday. People you never see come to Mass on Ash Wednesday. Uh, People who aren't even Catholic will come to Ash Wednesday Mass. And then they come because in their comfortable routine, they have determined that coming to Mass on Ash Wednesday is important. It's the thing you do as a good Catholic. You go to Mass on Ash Wednesday. Now, I'm not about to tell you that you shouldn't come to Mass on Ash Wednesday because it is a very good thing to do. But Ash Wednesday, in fact, is not a major day of the church's calendar. In fact, as the church ranks feast days, Ash Wednesday is the lowest ranking feast possible. It's lower than a daily Mass that honors a saint you've never heard of. Now, meanwhile, there are days of the year that we call Holy Days of Obligation. One of them is January 1st, New Year's Day, and hardly anyone ever comes to Mass on January 1st. And all of this is to say that we need to start thinking long and hard about whether we really are trying to be serious Catholics or not. And that is what Lent is for. We've turned Lent into the time of year that we give up Reese's Cups. Lent is not about chocolate. It's about recognizing the areas in your life that you can make legitimate spiritual progress and then making serious efforts to grow in that area. So I'm going to give you a personal example. Uh, This past semester, I've begun teaching three units of 10th grade theology at our school. And I've been so busy lately trying to do that and do my duties as a pastor uh, that what's happened is I've had to shift my schedule and it's scrunched up my day. And now when I go to pray the breviary, a practice which I'm not only morally bound to pray as a priest, but also something I typically enjoy doing because the breviary is one of my favorite things about being Catholic. But when I go to pray the breviary, I don't have all the time that I really should have to do it. So I have to scrunch everything together and pray all the offices back to back to back, which really doesn't tend itself towards good prayer, and it's not the way the briefery is meant to be prayed. So one of my serious commitments for Lent is to intentionally give myself the time I need to actually pray the breviary the way it should be prayed. Even if that means that when I finish my morning classes, I have to go hide in my room in the rectory and stop what I'm doing in the middle of the day. And unlike giving up recess cups, I don't intend to stop that after Easter, and I don't mean to cheat on Sundays. If I truly work hard on that during Lent, then I'm going to build a habit. And when I come out of Lent, my hope is that this lapse of effort the past month and a half will be healed, and I'll be back into the routine that I was in before. So this is my challenge to you as we start Lent. Do something to grow in relationship with Christ this Lent. If giving up Reese's does that for you, then go right ahead. Otherwise, keep your Reese's. Think about what will bring you closer to Jesus. Can you make it to one of the daily Masses during the week at your parish? That's an idea. See if for Lent you can make it to Mass one day every week in addition to Sunday. What about your use of social media? So many of us are glued to our phones all day long. Could you commit to not looking at social media for one day a week, perhaps Friday? You could pray the rosary that day instead. You'll be amazed in the evenings or at work how you have absolutely no idea what to do with your time because you can't scroll through Facebook. Uh, That would prove to you just how much time you really do devote to social media and how much time you actually have. All of us, and that includes me, all of us can get a little too attached to the routine that we give to God. And it's a very good thing that we give God part of our routine. But we can become so attached to it that we stop noticing the areas that we can improve. Or worse, we'll see the spiritual efforts of other people 
and think they're just unnecessary or they're extreme, they're hardcore. Take time this Lent to really reflect on what you can do to improve your spiritual life. It doesn't have to be a big step. I'm personally a, a big proponent of not trying to set the bar too high. Reach as high as you can legitimately hope to reach, and the next time you can reach higher. Praise be Jesus Christ, now and forever. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.